Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. We've been going through for the last few weeks the book of Nehemiah, and we've started to see how Nehemiah finds favor with God and favor with the king to start this process of rebuilding Jerusalem. We see that people and families start coming together and working together, just like what Jake was ministering on last week, that it cannot take just one person, but it takes a body. It takes teamwork to do it all. And so we see in chapter four that the work is getting done at this awesome and great momentum. Yeah? Has everyone been enjoying the book of Nehemiah? Well, so today we're going to be looking at how we guard for the labor. And how we guard what God has put in our heart and for the vision of this house. We're going to be looking at how we defeat opposition, how we become equipped, and how we stay on guard. Amen? Amen. We're going to just read Nehemiah 4.13. And Nehemiah is speaking, saying, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leader, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this word today. God, I thank you that your word will be spoken, that I am just a mouthpiece for you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak, and the word of God sets on the heart of every person here, that it grows deep within them that they will be equipped, that they will know that they can labor and be full of faith, that they will stand strong. And Lord, I just thank you for your word today. Amen. Y'all be seated. Praise you, Lord. All right, so as we grow in chapter 4 today, we'll be equipped to guard God's vision and his word, knowing that nothing can stop us because God equips us for the work that he has called us to do. He doesn't just give a word and let you just do it all by yourself and let you figure it out. No, he equips you properly. And we see this very heavily in Nehemiah 4. So let's make sure we turn there. Nehemiah verse 4. Sorry, chapter 4, verse 1. Now, this is where we're going to learn about how we defeat discouragement. If you're taking notes today, this is where it's at. We're going to defeat discouragement. Verse 1, it says, but so it happened when Sembalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and indignant, and he mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? For they fortify themselves. Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Hear that negativity? Hear that criticism? And then you get someone else coming along, Tobias, right? Tobias, sorry. Verse 3, he said, whatever they build, even a fox goes up on it and he will break down their wall. Instantly criticizing, instantly you see 
when people start building and coming together and doing God's work, you start seeing the criticism come, don't you? You feel it sometimes. So here comes these critics, the discouragers, the negative Nancys, the opposition, the fear, the confusion that comes as God's people are working. They've started building this wall and opposition sees it and they don't like it. So how do we start defeating this attack when it comes against God's word, when it comes against our families, when it comes against our church, your body, your mind? How do you start defeating this? Well, first and foremost, it's prayer. A lot of times you see in the book of Nehemiah when they start getting under attack and they start feeling the pressure, it is through prayer that they first and foremost start at. Verse 4, Nehemiah says, Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to the land of captivity. I love how the Old Testament's written, right? I love it. Verse 5, Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sins be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you. They've provoked God. They've provoked the word. They've started speaking fear and negativity and started to alter the workers and the people who are really doing it. They're like, oh, wow, yeah. You start seeing doubt come into people. But Nehemiah says something completely different. He starts praying. So first and foremost, we can go to our Heavenly Father. Just as what it says in Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can come to God in prayer. We can come to God whenever we are feeling the discouragement, when people are mocking the very thing that you're doing, when they discourage you and you say, why do you go to church on Sunday? That's weird. You wasted your whole day? That's, that's dumb. You need to do something different. You believe all of what the word of God says? You believe paper? Yes, I do. I do believe in the word of God, that it is alive and active, and it is living for me, and it's for my good and for my benefit. I believe every single word that's in it. So yes, you defeat discouragement. You defeat it by first and foremost prayer. And the second thing that we see happen in verse 6, it says, so we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together to about half its height for the people had a mind to work. If you can highlight that in your Bible, highlight that, mind to work. So the second thing is we can overcome this discouragement, this part, by conquering your mind. Renewing your mind and having the same mind of Christ. So God answers their prayer in verse 4. He gave them a mind to work. They defeated the discouragement. And a mind to work is really important because there's not going to be a significant job given that will ever be accomplished until the people come together to have the same mind to work. The same mind. We have to have it 
in one accord to see the kingdom of God being built today. What God's vision is for this house is for one body, one mind, in the same accord. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the same Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, that you being perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Philippians 2 Verse 2 and 5 shows us the importance of having the same like-mindedness and the same mind as in Christ. If you are born again today and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the same mind of Christ and you have this oneness in the body right where you're set. Now remember, this is not self-building. What they're doing isn't self. What, what we're doing isn't Laney building. No, this is kingdom building. We're defeating opposition by kingdom building. Remembering the vision of this house is to believe in Jesus, to belong to his church, to build his church, and to become a disciple. It is making sure that we go out there and get those scattered people who have been hurt, who have been broken by the church or by some religious thing that has destroyed them, but making sure we get them back in and saying, no, you're supposed to be a part of a body. Going out there and making disciples, bringing them in here, the broken, the hurting, the people who need Jesus to get back in here so then we repeat and we go make disciples. We continue it. It doesn't stop. I love how Nehemiah, as the leader, encourages the people with never wavering on the word of God that was spoken. He doesn't say, oh man, they were just mocking us. We should just stop. <laughs> Man, they said a fox could break down our wall. Yeah, you know, it's not that great yet. He could have. He could have given in to that negative side. But he then encourages. He speaks to the people. He prays. He steps up as a leader. Since it is Family Sunday and we're all together, I'm going to just make sure we raise this standard for you mothers and fathers, for the families that are here today. You know, the enemy tries to creep in in every area. But we have to cover our family in prayer. We have to cover it with the word of God. We can't let the enemy dictate and manipulate our children when they're at school, on their TVs, looking at social media, defining who they are at the very core of them, which is really telling them they're nothing. But no, it is showing our kids our families, the high importance of building the kingdom of God, of serving humbly, of leading by example to continue the labor of God because they have a role as well. Kids, teenagers, young adults, mom, dad, sisters, everyone has a key role to play in the kingdom of God. And it starts... By being connected to the body, 
But it's also a continual thing that we have to make sure we are showing as an example, as a family, as a church. Now, for those of you who don't have a family or planning for a family, this is exactly where you prepare yourself. You plan. You say, yeah, I'm going to make sure whenever I have a daughter, whenever I have a son, I'm going to show him a good example of how to be a godly man, a godly woman. I'm going to make sure my house is a house of prayer because we pray at church, and I'm going to do the same thing there. Let's keep going. We're going to look at all of chapter 4. Because now, verses six, sorry, 7 to 16, it starts to get real serious. The attack of the enemy kind of gets ramped up a little bit more. Trying to still discourage and trying to steal what God is trying to do. And so we're going to look at how we then start becoming equipped. You have to be well equipped to remain and stand in the will of God that he has for you and your family. You have to be well equipped. Verse 7 to 8, as the attacks come, now Samballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashtonites heard that the wall of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed and that they became very angry. All of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Just like what the enemy does all the time. It's not anything new. But he tries to create confusion. And the enemy will try to put fear. And the enemy will try to really distort the vision of what you are working towards. He distorts it. Now, how do we combat this battle, though? Whenever it starts to get really intense, whenever the, the adversaries start coming and they start telling people, well, we're going to come over and kill you. That's what it says in verse 10 and 11. We're going we're gonna to come at you 10 times a day. You won't be able to go anywhere without seeing us. That becomes really real. And sometimes the enemy does become really real. But we combat that first. Again, Nehemiah does it. He starts praying. Verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. They start to be equipped. The enemy's trying to be more ramped up. So you know what? They're like, nah, that's not going to happen. I love that it says, we made our prayer to God. It wasn't just Nehemiah. So people are coming together praying and getting equipped. But you see, I want to make sure everyone really sees this, that our prayers do not replace our actions. They make our actions more effective for the laboring of God. They make it more effective. You don't just pray and sit back. No, you pray and you act. You pray and you get the word of God on the inside of you and you act. Even when your strength starts to fail, just like what the tribe of Judah started talking about in verses 10 and 11, 
they started getting tired. The laborers were failing. There was so much to clean up and to do. They were getting tired. Don't raise your hand, but some of us have gotten tired, right? You don't have to admit it. It's okay. I know we all have. But you see, when the enemy is making a real threat, it's time to start praying. It's time to start getting equipped with what the word of God says. Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So we can still fight. We still got the word of God that will equip us and enable us to defend the word of God, to defend the vision that he's put on your heart, to defend the vision of this house. Verse 13, as these threats become real and as people are getting tired, Nehemiah has a plan to make sure they stay guarded. And it starts, again, with prayer. But it says that they were equipped with swords, spears, and bows. And some translations also say with an actual like armor as well. So they got equipped with swords. I'm not sure if you've noticed I have a sword up here today. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just thought you need a real visual like representation of people starting to get equipped, right? Yeah. We sometimes pray and we feel it on the inside, but then the enemy tries to start attacking us and then it's like, no, you need to actually have something ready to roll, right? And we have this sword. I thought you said this was blunt. I think I just <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's very blunt. But they started getting equipped, and Nehemiah commanded them to bring out their armor, for it was time to get serious, to get the full armor of God on, to get ready to fight with everything naturally and with everything spiritually. Can I get an amen in this house? Amen. So as the body of Christ, we should be putting on the full armor of God. If we are praying and we're still feeling the heat of that attack, well, guess what? You still have to put on the armor of God. The full armor of God. Let me just make it really clear. Not just a sword. <laughs> Not just when you feel like putting on the helmet of salvation. Not just when you feel like maybe I'll just put the breastplate of righteousness on today. Just like what Pastor Christie said, you have to put on a garment of praise. That's a weapon as well. But you have to be ready. You have to be prepared for fighting. So that we can stand. Now, using the weapons of our warfare to bring down also strongholds, right? Yep. Using the weapons of our warfare. Now, the knife, our sword is great, but this is even greater. Our word is what helps us break down strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, chapter 10, verse 3 to 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God or against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Church today, 
Let me remind you, this is a sword. This is our weapon of offense. This is our weapon of defense. (laughs) You can use it. Please use it. When the enemy tries to attack you and make you feel less of who you really are, can I help you? That's a lie. The enemy can do nothing but lie and deceive. That's all he can do. Cause a bit of confusion. But it's nothing new. Don't be so easily torn down. But equip yourself with these weapons, with the full armor of God, with the word of God, so that you can cover yourself, your family, your church, and to protect what God has called you to do and to lead it. Lead it well, full of faith, full of the word of God. Now, we started off with Nehemiah 4, verse 14, and he says something to remind them. Do not be afraid. Remember, we have this powerful thing in our brain that we can remember stuff, good and bad. But it says here, to remember the Lord, great and awesome. If you were to think back at that time, how was God great and awesome? Well, the children of God went through quite a bit, and they saw miracles, signs, and wonders. They saw, you know, the Red Sea parting. Their family saw those great big things happening. So they know these things. So remember, remember, go back in your mind. Again, this This type of attack, when the enemy tries to attack you, it goes back to this battle in your mind. You have to remember, go back and remember in your head that the Lord is great. Fix your mind on things above, on God's word, just like what Colossians 3, 2 says. I like the Amplified Version the best. It says, set your mind and keep them focused habitually on the things of God, the things of heaven, not on things of this earth, which are to have only temporary value. Just because we live on this earth doesn't mean we're a part of it. We aren't, this is, this isn't life. Okay. What you do every day outside of church, outside of all of that, going to the cafe, whatever, that's not life. If you are searching for life, that's not it. There is life found in God. There's life found in heavenly things. There's life found when God gives you purpose and a vision. That's life. We have this new nature found in Christ. And we have a new life in him. So we are no longer our own. We are no longer a part of this world. We're aliens. This is just temporary. So we don't put our trust in these temporary things. We don't. You see, we can naturally see in Nehemiah that the challenge was great. But there was no reason to fear. There was no reason for the enemy to get into people's minds and cause such distraction. We today know what 1 John 4, 4 says. Anyone? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have it here. (laughs) Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. 
We have God on the inside of us. And I'm sure Nehemiah thought of that. Like, God is pretty great. He's awesome. So we can defeat the enemy. We can do this. And how do they start doing this? Well, for starters, they are getting equipped. And just what verse 14 says, fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives. Nehemiah reminded them what they were fighting for. We fight most effectively for the Lord when we keep in mind the great cost of the kingdom of God. It is a great cost to start doing his will above our own will. It's at great cost that we lay down our life and submit to our God. It is a great cost. And so that's why we fight. That's why we fight to keep our faith built up in his word. That we labor in strength. We fight for our church. We fight for the kingdom of God. We don't just give up so easily, but we fight for being committed Steadfast all the time, never wavering. Going down to verse 17 and to 23, this is where we start to really stay on guard. Every laborer is now fully equipped, every builder was fully equipped. Verse 17 says, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and the other they held a weapon, right? So another visual representation is they had in one hand what they had to do to build the wall and in another hand they had their sword. They were going to stay ready, they were going to continue to do what God called them to do, but they're also ready and willing to fight if the enemy were to try to come up because they were still making threats. Verse 18, so every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side. I really hope their swords were this big, right? <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they were. I think they were much smaller. <laughs> but they were girded at their side. <laughs> hard to work with if this was at their side, right? Oh, praise God. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, you get these cool representations and you're like, surely this is it. No, it's not. But they had, <laughs> they had their weapons to start building, to continue the labor for what God called them to And then they still had their sword at their side, making sure that if the enemy were to try to attack them, it wouldn't come to anything. Because they were ready. They were prepared. I love this part of the scripture, though. I should put this down. <laughs> I love this part. Everyone girded themselves up. And they were all prepared at the sound of a trumpet if anything were to happen. So they had a sound that they were going to start listening to to make sure. Right? Then, let's keep going down. So they can start rallying together to stand against any attack that may try to happen. Now, the work was great and extensive. So then when they start hearing the trumpet, they can rally together because they were doing a lot, right? So 
they had to make sure the people who were far away from them could hear when the attack of the enemy was trying to happen. Verse 21. So we labored in the work, and half of the men held spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. And at the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem that they may be guarded by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men who guard, who would follow me, took their clothes off, except that everyone took them off only for watching. They started to get real committed. They started to be very much on guard to the point where they didn't take their clothes off. They're working. They're making sure that the enemy's not going to have any foothold in any area of downtime. When they're chilling on their couches, I don't think they had couches, but let's just, I don't think back in that time they had luxury leisure time, personally. But if they did, they weren't going to get caught off guard because they didn't change their clothes. They were always ready. They were just hanging out with their swords, never changing unless they were clean, and then they put them back on. Still ready, still prepared. Now, they kept their clothes on all the time, and they did not want to be caught unprepared. So this is where it's important for us as a body of Christ to always be on guard. We cannot give the enemy any room. Although, yes, you can wash your clothes. <laughs> they were always ready to respond at the blast of a trumpet. They were ready. They weren't caught off guard when the enemy tried to sneak in and attack. But no, they were set. They were like, no, nah, let's go. I hear it. They weren't like, oh, let me go grab my huge sword. No, they were, it was already ready to go. They stopped laboring and started fighting. And that's exactly how we are today. Christians, you should be armed with the exact same attitude, the exact same mindset, the exact same. You should look different, right? You should look as if you have the word of God. It says, to, sorry, this Bible's huge. This, <laughs> this Bible is my grandpa's Bible that was given to me, and I'm just, I love it. I had to have it. Now, it says that it should be fixed on your eyes. <laughs> fixed. It should be written on the tablets of your heart, constantly staying ready, constantly being on guard for whenever the enemy may try to come. You can be like, do, do, do. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. You provide everything that I have need of. Why? Because your word says so. Oh, man. Do, do, do. I'm feeling sick in my body. I need healing. Lord, your word says that I am healed by the stripes placed on your back. You are instantly ready for the word of God to fight for you, to fight for your family. Lord, the enemy's trying to attack my kids. Surround them with the hedge of protection. No evil thing is going to come upon them. No sickness, no disease. They are covered by the grace of God. When they're at school, when they're around their friends, when they're playing sports. No, my son is covered by the blood of Jesus. His mind is covered. We are ready and prepared at all costs, even if we get mocked, even if the enemy tries to roar its head up literally. <laughs> you have a sword that can cut it off 
Literally, no, not literally. No, please. <laughs> if you don't have a sword yet, you need to get one. Because <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> Verse 21. So we labored in the work. They continued to labor in the work together. Their families labored in the work together. I don't think the women were just chilling, making dinner. I think they were laboring as well. Their children were seeing their fathers labor as well. I think they all understood what they were doing. They all had the same mind to work. They were all working together. And that's exactly what we have to remember as well. That we stay guarded for the labor with the word of God. We stay guarded and set. Even though the enemy may try to come, we don't receive those words. We start praying. We start renewing our mind. We start seeing the vision of God that he's put on our hearts. And we start seeing it come to fruition. Because first and foremost, we know that Jesus Christ is our high priest. We know that Jesus Christ paid the highest price for our life. And he's given us the blood that covers us and has redeemed us, that has set us free, that he is the head of the church, the head of this body that we can trust and rely on. He is our stronghold. He is our fortress. He is the one that we can run to when things get bad. And we can call upon his name, Jesus. God has provided a way for us. Even when the enemy attacks, even when we are pressing and working the vision, we still have Jesus at our side. We still have him always here. We have the sword of the spirit. We have it always with us to cover our families, to cover our church. And we can't take it lightly. If this chapter shows us anything, being guarded at all times, we have to. It can't just be an on-off switch. When you leave, we're on all the time. I love what Pastor Brian always says, that we are a battleship, not a cruise ship. We're a battleship, ready. With swords on our battleship. I want swords on our battleship. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.